Jake and the kids in this weekend. We had a good time yesterday, spending the day with them. We'll have a time this afternoon before they head back home to Pennsylvania. So always good to have, in case you don't know it, that's our daughter in the middle. And so um, Melanie uh, grew up in church here and uh, I was married, living in Pennsylvania. And so we praise the Lord. And uh, come June, when Evan graduates, Maddie and Hannah will be coming back from Texas. We're looking forward to having the family together. And uh, it's always a blessing to have family. Not permanently, just just to visit and to uh, see Evan's graduation, and then we'll take a few days and have a family vacation for uh, three or four days, so we're looking forward to that. And uh, it's good to see you. Uh, moms who came in, we'll get you a gift when you leave today, and and uh, they're up here in the, on the, uh, they're all the same things. So don't go looking through a better one. They're all the same, and we trust the gift to be a blessing. It's, again, it's not elaborate gifts, just a little thank you from the church letting you know how much you are appreciated and, and how much we are thankful for all that you do as moms and, uh, and ladies, and thank God for you. I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will. Now, we're not doing our normal Bible study in the book of John. We'll switch gears because it is Mother's Day, and time is of the essence. I realize you all got plans. Maybe you got restaurant reservations. You got to get there, and I get that, and we will be respectful of the hour and... Uh, Going to restaurants on Mother's Day is a crazy, crazy time. And uh, But if you're doing it, God bless you. And uh, we used to do that with our mom. We, my sister would pick out a restaurant somewhere. We all go there and, and uh, a lot of happy memories. We want to speak today, uh, give a message of encourage the ladies and, uh, and the moms, no matter whether you're married, not married, and even the men here, this is something that encourage us in the day and time that we live on serving the Lord no matter what's going on in the world around us. As we look in Scripture in chapter number 2 of the book of Exodus, Exodus 2, verse number 1, and the Bible says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. Did I say Exodus? I hear a lot of turning. Did I give you a page? Okay. Make me nervous when I hear pages turning. Like, Did I give the reference? Why is there turning? It's like, I don't know if I may give you a different book or something. I'm not sure if I messed up, which is very possible. Exodus 2, verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him to an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid in the flags by the river brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit that would be done to him. And, Pharaoh's, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maids to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him. And she said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said her sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And when the maid went, she called her the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee wages. And... The woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and, and brought it unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the waters. Let's pray and ask God to help us this morning as we look to the Word of God. Father, we thank you this day for the scriptures. We thank you for uh, this day. We can honor the ladies 
and especially the Lord, that of Mother's Day. What a precious, wonderful gift you have designed and how you made us. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bless the Word of God, may it find good soil in every heart. May we heed its truths, listen to what it has to say, and that we would desire to, to follow its teachings because its teachings are life. Anybody today does not know Christ as Savior, help them understand the gospel and be saved. Help each mother, Lord, no matter what they're going through. You know every single mom, the heartaches, the pains, the struggles, the joys, the, the worries, the fears, and, and uh, all of it, Lord. We pray, Lord, again, you'll bless this day. May it be a special time. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. This morning, as we look at the book of Exodus, we look to the woman by the name of Jochebed. And even though her name is not mentioned in, Genesis, or in Exodus chapter number 2, we do see her in Scripture. Later on, her name is given in several other chapters and several other places. When we think about this woman, Jochebed, and what she went through and, and, and what she endured, we think of, all, first of all, uh, uh, the mother uh, that she, she was, the, the children she gave birth to. First of all, she would give birth to her firstborn son by the name of Aaron. Aaron would become the first high priest uh, when the priesthood was ordained, the Jewish priesthood. And uh, it was his responsibility to offer those sacrifices. We see that she gave birth to a daughter by the name of Miriam. And Miriam, we see in Scripture, the Bible calls her a prophetess as well as a poet and a singer. And we see how she would aid and assist her brother Moses later on when he was ministering and leading the children of Israel through the wilderness. And, of course, there is her third-born child, the most famous of all of them, the man Moses, probably one of the most famous men in all the scripture. If we were to list the top five men in the Bible, Moses would have to make that list of being one of the great men of the Bible. Probably the top three famous men in the entire Old Testament would be Abraham, Moses, and David. Uh, you'd be hard to argue with that list as far as God's order, amount of scripture, and the importance they played in the nation of Israel. Now, when we think of Jochebed, again, and all that she went through, and, and how she uh, served the Lord during these difficult times, we see, first of all, in, in verses 1 through 2, and I'm not going to read them again for time, but I want us to give us a few points that encourage us. First of all, there is the need in a mother's life, and every child of God's life, to, to do some simple things, and they are simply four little words. Trust the Lord yourself. Every single one of us needs to learn that we have to learn. There are times when there's nothing else we can do, and we have to learn that we have to trust Almighty God. That God is still God, and God has not changed, and God is still in control. The word, when I say trust the Lord yourself, before you can trust God with your children... And trust everything else with God. You yourself have to learn that I have learned to trust God. I have found God faithful. I have found God to take care of me. And if, I have, if God can take care of me, then God can definitely take care of my children. When Jochebed became expectant with Moses, the days were not easy days. In fact, they were very difficult days. In fact, they were find themselves in slavery in the land of Egypt. The bondage was hard, the work was difficult, and, and it was a torturous lifestyle. But here we find a couple married and had children. The order goes out from the king himself, Pharaoh, that 
all the, the Jewish midwives, that any time they are helping a Hebrew woman give birth, if it's a male child, that the midwife is to kill that male child. And because the Hebrew midwives fear God and will not kill any child, Pharaoh then himself sends his armies in and the Pharaoh's army will kill any male child they find. I want to remind you that Satan is always in the business of killing children. In and out of the womb. That's what he does. God is in the business of life and giving life and preserving life. So this order is found and, and Jochebed finds herself that she's expecting. Now it would be easy in those days to say, sweetheart, you know what? These are awful days. These are hard days. I don't think we should be having any more children. After all, if, if, if it turns out to be a boy, the government has already issued a, a, a death sentence and our child will be killed. So let's just, let's not cause any problems. Let's just sit back and, and let's not... Cause a fuss, let's obey the government and not have any children. But this couple did not do that. They willingly obeyed God. God's command, my friend, is to go forth and multiply. He didn't say go forth and multiply except if there's a bad government. Except if there's a serious recession going on. Except if the, you know things are looking bad and, 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 and if you need the... And if you're going to have a house, heaven knows you can't have children or, the extra, or a lot of them. And, and if you want the extra house down at the vacation spot, the shore or the lake somewhere, you don't have children. We don't find that command in Scripture. God blesses you with children. The fruit of the womb is His reward. That, my friend, is Almighty God. And we have a godly woman here, Jochebed, who's the, who willingly disobeys the government and has her child and gives birth to her child. We read in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, that she is listed in the Hall of Fame. God lists her as the, one of the great people of faith who learned to trust God during an evil and dangerous and wicked time, and she gave birth to her son, even though the king's edict was to go out and to kill the male child that she has just given birth to. It highlights two aspects, really, in Hebrews chapter number 11 of Jochebed's faith. First of all, about the fact that she uh, would hide her son, Moses, after he was born, and, then, and that she was not afraid of the king's edict. My friend, don't be afraid of, of man and his government. You fear God. You serve Almighty God and let God take care of everything else. Can I also encourage you with something else about this woman, what she did? I, I, I'm 59 years old, and all my life I have heard people say this, all throughout the periods of my life, people say, uh, if I was young, I would not want to have a baby today because these are such difficult times. And I remind you that they're saying this while they live in the United States of America. <laughs> the most blessed nation, the most prosperous nation, the most gifted nation on the face of God's green earth. The nation that half the world is breaking its neck to get into, by the way. If this place is so evil and bad, why are they dying to get into this place? I, I, you know, amazing. 
But they say, you know, well, and I grew up in the 70s. Oh, it's bad. The recession, no gas crisis. And then we read about people, we can't have babies today because of climate change. Listen, that's all garbage. It's lies. Can you imagine if Jacobet said, you know what, sweetheart, we're not going to have any children. The world would have been deprived of Moses. There would be no, you say, God would have used somebody else. There's no record of that. You have a child. You give birth to that child because you do not know what God's going to do with that child. In her day and time, she, the hand of God is upon this whole situation. She takes her child, hides him for three months, and realizes she can't hide him no more. She makes a basket and floats him down the Nile. That's not exactly my idea of a plan. I, you know, let's put the, Renee, let's put our firstborn, Maddie. Let's, let's, let's just, or if it's number three, let's, let's pick Ethan. Amen. We'll take Ethan, and we'll just push him down the Passaic, and we'll see what happens. Amen. And we'll see where he lands. It could be Newark. Maybe Bayonne could be, he could end up in, in Perth Amboy. We don't know where he's going, but let's just, and, and we'll have Melanie watch him as she goes down the Passaic, amen? As she makes her through the muck and the mire and the dead fish and, and all the other, the wonderful, beautiful Passaic. But she, Jochebed does that and, 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 and Miriam follows and it just so happens, I remind you, it just so happened that it happens to float to the house of Pharaoh's daughter. Just happens to happen that way. And there's a dear lady, and she just happens to have compassion on the child. And Miriam is there, and it just happens that Miriam says, you know what, if you're looking for a lady who can nurse the child, I, I know somebody. And it just so happens that that child is given back to Miriam to nurse until he's of an age where he can be weaned and then placed back in Pharaoh's household. My friend, God is always moving. God is always working. I was reading the book of Esther yesterday and today in my Bible reading. God is never mentioned once, hinted at or alluded at in the book of Esther. But my friend, you can never see God more evident and more working than in any other book, but in the book of Esther. God is working today in 2023. God is not terrified about anything that's going on on planet Earth. God is still God. Jochebed learned to trust God herself, and she watched God take care of things. She watched God do things. Mothers ought to have the faith of Jochebed and learn to trust God in these situations. Can I encourage you this morning as we think about Moses? And of course, you say, well, my child's not going to be Moses. No, your child may not turn out to be as great as Moses. But my friend, every child ever born, ever put together in the womb is special to Almighty God. And I believe God has a plan for every child until man intervenes and destroys it. Take your Bible, and, and, and we see some things here in Scripture, how she, verses 1 and 2 again, how she learns to trust the Lord, she's following God, but take your Bible and look, if you will, at Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Psalm 139, here's a beautiful portion of scripture. When we read about Moses, we saw that he was no ordinary child. 
And the Bible says that, he, again, he was a, a, a goodly child. He was a good-looking child. Now, again, we, all babies are beautiful babies. Every mom thinks their baby is the, is, is the cat's meow, and God bless you, you ought to think that. You know, and, and we thank God for children. They're the next generation. In Psalm 139 and verse number 13, I want you to think about yourself, and I want you to think about your children or your future children. You say, I'm not, I don't have any children yet. Uh, I'm not married. Uh, listen, your future children. Because you ought to be praying now, boys and girls, Lord, give me a good spouse and, and, and bless our home with children. Don't pray for a good job. Don't pray for a nice house. Don't pray for a good 401k. You pray for God to bless your home. And God will take care of everything else. God, let me serve you. Let me love you. And let my husband love you. Let my wife love you. And then let our children love you. God will take care of everything else. We see in Scripture, he says in Psalm 139, verse number 13, For thou hast possessed my reins. By the way, when you see that word my, put your name there. Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will, by the way, it's mother's womb. It ought to be the safest place on planet earth. It ought to be the safest place on planet earth. Sadly, today we live in a day and time where it's not. Verse 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We think about the birth process and and the growth process in the womb and and, and, and the growing of of a human being inside a mother's womb. Is there anything more marvelous? When Renee gave birth to our firstborn son, I looked down, I said, there's a God. Now, I already knew God. I already loved God. I already say, but I looked down and saw my son being born. I held my son. I said, there's a God. Only God could do this. Only God could do that. This is not evolution. This is not just chance. God did that. When number two came along and number three came along and number four came along, I said, God, only God can do that. God designed that. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, in thy book all my members were written, which as continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. My friend, God designed you, God planned you. Can I encourage you, some of you today? It is a human nature, and it is, it is satanic to put yourself down. I'm ugly. I hate myself. I wish I looked like this person. I wish I didn't look this way. Why am I... My friend, you have been designed by Almighty God. You look the way you look because you're made by Almighty God. You have no business putting anybody else down or exalting anybody else. God never one time in the Bible says, and so-and-so was very ugly. It's not found in your Bible. We do see God sometimes describing a man saying he was a goodly man. Or he may describe a woman say she was fair to look upon. Or God may say she was very fair. God may say a woman was beautiful. 
And if we follow that line of logic in the scripture, according to the scripture, then the most beautiful woman that God mentions in scripture would be Bathsheba, because God says she was very beautiful. Esther is listed as being a beautiful woman. My friend, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and the beholder is almighty God, and God is the one who designed us, and God made us for a specific purpose task and job. You are loved and created by God. So don't ever think that, now again, you put yourself down and, and stare in the mirror and, and other pe- kids can be cruel and kids can pick on you and make fun of you. My friend, you have been made by Almighty God. Everyone here knows what it's like to be picked on. We've all been ridiculed at school about something. Maybe there's some, we call it a glitch in the armor, so to speak, and somebody will pick on that. And, and, uh, and always and then when you get picked on, you look at the defect in somebody else, and then you pick on that for what they may have you think is wrong with them. Don't be like that. God designed, God has a purpose for Moses, and God has a purpose for all of us. God has a purpose for your child. Your child has a purpose. And your job as mom and dad is to raise them in the nurture of the admission of the Lord that so they can follow God. Now, when we think about Moses here, we think of how what Jochebed did and how she obeyed God rather than man. Man said, we're going to kill children. And she said, no, we're not going to kill this baby. I'm going to obey God. In the book of Acts, in chapter number 5, they were beaten, thrown in the jail, and they were commanded not to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ anymore. And the Bible says that Peter stood up and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Anytime the government says, don't follow this book, we tell the government they can pound salt. We obey God. Even if it means we go to jail, we obey God. We are to be law-abiding citizens. We obey the rules, as long as the rules don't contradict Scripture. My friend, we obey God. We can do it in ways that won't be so arrogant. But Jochebed learned to trust God with her first child, again, by trusting herself. Can I give you... Go back to there in Scripture, to Exodus chapter number 3, where we see what she does here and, uh, and what took place in her life. In verses 3 through 4, uh, again, when she could no longer hide him, she took some, we know the story, she puts him in that, 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 that ark and she floats him down the river while the sister follows. Again, can you imagine giving up your, your three-month-old baby? We have a bunch of young children in our church this morning. How old is Eli? Two months. Our granddaughter, Adeline, is one month? Two months. Closing on two months. And, uh, of course, Kaylee's a year old. And uh, any other babies there? Revan is how old? Eight months. Can you imagine any babies in these times? You're going to take a baby. and Three months old, you've got to give your baby up. Trust God, I'm going to float it down a river because the government's armies are flying through the neighborhood killing babies left and right. And it's a terrible time. It's never easy to give your children up. It's never easy to, uh, you know, I remember my mom walking me to kindergarten and uh, me going into kindergarten for the first time. I remember that. That's a long time ago, real long time ago. I remember that. Walking down Bergen Ave here, walking down Ivy Street and going there. And Miss Andrews, who's still alive and... I uh, talked to her quite a bit, and when I uh, wrote my book, I gave her a copy of it, and she was so thrilled. And, uh, and by the way, I wrote in that book, I said, Mrs. Andrews, thank you for being a kind teacher and being kind to a, a frightened boy, amen? And I was scared to go to school for the first time, leaving mom for the first time. Didn't get easier 
for the rest of the grades either. But anyway, we learned to trust God. My mom, I think maybe my mom was glad. I was number five, so she was glad to have peace and quiet in the house. My mom hated summertime. Amen. <laughs> All those kids were home. She loves September. My mom got happy when September came around. <laughs> and we got depressed, but mom got happy. June came around, mom got depressed, and we got happy. So we kind of reversed roles there because we were all going to school. But you give your children up. You watch your children go out into the world. I remember we took Maddie to Bible college, and, and we left them there. I said, okay, Maddie, here you go. You're over here in Long Island. You're going to Bible college. We're leaving now. And, and Maddie's standing there, and I'm standing there, and I can feel myself quivering. i watching him quiver, and I said, get in the car quick before we change our minds and, and go. And we drove, drove off and left Maddie there at Bible college. Not easy to say goodbye to your children. Kids, you don't understand that. But as parents, you realize you worry more about your children when they're grown than you do when they were children. Letting your children go is never easy. Mothers saying goodbye to their children. Somebody once said that mothers begin saying goodbye to their children from the moment they are born. And so what do we need to do? We need to learn to give our children the word of God. We see in the scripture how every Mother, godly mother, tried to instill in their children the word of God. But I want you to think about Jochebed for a minute. She had her child maybe three years. And let's give it a maximum. And I don't think it went this long at all, but maybe five years. But not even that. He's three months old. She, he goes back home, and, and, and his mother is able to nurse him until a time where he doesn't need his mother anymore. And then he goes back to the home of Pharaoh. And there in Pharaoh, he will be raised as an Egyptian. He will go to Egyptian schools. He will learn Egyptian culture. He will learn Egyptian history. He will learn the art of warfare through the, uh, through the Egyptians. Everything about him will be Egyptian. He will wear Egyptian clothes. He will have Egyptian haircuts. He will sing Egyptian songs. He will be immersed in Egyptian uh, idolatry and paganism and and know all of those things. But for those first few years, there was a mother who instilled into them, you're Hebrew and you're Jewish and we serve Almighty God. Until he got to the age of time where he turned his back on Egypt and decided to serve Almighty God. But for those years, she watched her boy grow up and look every bit of the Egyptian Every child may go through a phase of rebellion and it may look like the world, but moms, please keep praying. And can I encourage you? I was reading this morning again in my Bible where the first time tears, you know where the first time tears are mentioned in your Bible? The first time God mentions somebody crying in your Bible is when we find Hagar watching her son Ishmael at the point of death and she begins to weep and pray to Almighty God. And the Bible says, and God remembered Hagar. God heard her prayers. We see Hannah crying in the temple and weeping and praying and asking God for a child. And when God saw her tears, God answered her prayers. You want to get in touch with God? You want God to move? You want God to work? You want God to, 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 to do something? Have a genuine broken heart and genuine tears and bring them before God. The Bible says our tears are, are numbered and God has them stored up in a bottle in heaven. You say, what's that mean? I don't know, but I just know God said it. God sees every broken heart and God preserves them. And if you want God to move, you get a broken heart and you learn to weep and pray for your children. And pray for your grandchildren and watch God move because at any moment, at any time, at any hour, Almighty God just may show up and alter the course of somebody's life. 
There was a day when Moses was in Pharaoh's court doing everything Egyptian when God said, boy, it's time. And that boy turned and looked towards the wilderness and became the great man of God we know he was. Forty years growing up in Egypt, 40 years in the desert. And then God said, it's time, boy. Go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh. That my Where did it all start, by the way? It started with a godly mother. It started with a mother who learned to trust God herself and then learned to trust her children with God. Because your children may grow up to do things that you don't want them to do. Your children may grow up to do things that may break your heart. But if you learn to trust God, that God's able to move on my child's life, and you believe that because it's biblical, it'll help you and encourage you in your life. Don't ever doubt what your prayers can do. We need to learn to raise our children to obey the Lord. How do we trust our children to the Lord again? Trust the Lord yourself. Trust your children to the Lord and raise your children to the Lord. We have people who raised their children in church and their children went off and became rebellious. You say, Pastor, why did it work? My friend, <laughs> it's not over yet. It's not over yet. God is still God and God's still working. And the babies are even saying, Amen. They're saying, Mom, Dad, don't give up on me. Teach me about Jesus because the world's going to teach me about the devil. Teach me about Jesus. Teach them the word of God. We see in Scripture, and again, for sake of time, we don't have time, but teach them. The Scripture commands us to teach our children. We see a man in Scripture, one of my favorite men in the New Testament, is a man by the name of Timothy, half Jewish, half Gentile, a sickly child. And yet, the Bible says that he learned the Scriptures how? Because his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice, taught him the Scriptures from a child. And he grew up to be the great church planter, the great pastor, the great man of God, Timothy. Why? Because two women invested time teaching him the scriptures. My friend, the scriptures do not return void. They will accomplish what God chooses to do with them. You just put them in somebody's heart. That's why we put the Bible verses around our building, by the way. Because God blesses his word, not cute sayings. Bring your children to church. Moms and dads, your kids are crying today. They may fuss. They may throw on themselves on the floor, pitch a tantrum. Parents, I think it's best if I just keep my kids. And they bring them to church and let them know this is where we go on Sunday. This is what we do. This is where we end up every Sunday. They'll grow up eventually. And, and then they'll, they'll stop eventually. Nobody's putting up a fuss. Now, of course, if they sound like they're going to die like Kaylee was doing a few weeks ago. Do you think mom takes them out? We get that. But for the most part, we can all handle a little fussing. And, 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 and if we can handle you falling asleep and snoring, we can handle the kids uh, crying every now and then. Amen? And so we need to learn to pray with them. Learn to pray with your children. Pray with your children. Son, daughter, let's bow our heads. and Let's pray about that. I remember my kids were young. Uh, from time to time, they would get be sick and be ill, and uh, they would say, "Dad, would you please pray that God would make me feel better?" And we would pray with them and ask God to make them feel better. Our granddaughters here, all three granddaughters are here this morning, and uh, Julia was a peanut up her nose the other day. Julia got a peanut stuck up her nose, and and they couldn't get the peanut. Kids will do things like that. They, 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 they age you. They stress you. They, and so she got this peanut stuck in her nose, and they're panicking, and Jake took her to the 
first cared to get it out, and of course she ended up, the thing ended up blowing out, and, and she was fine. We've all been there. We've all, Evan drank fire when he was a kid. Did I tell you that story? I did, I think. So, you know, Evan drank fire, which was gasoline. He, he, if you need him for birthday parties, he's wonderful. So he'll entertain, <laughs> entertain the kids for hours as he drank gasoline as a kid. So it's just like, you drank fire. But uh, they, they went upstairs, and, and, and uh, in the bedroom, Elsa was praying and praying for her sister, Julia. Dear Jesus, you're the king of kings. You can do anything. And please... Uh, don't let Julia die and, 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 and help Julia. And, and listen, God, you say, that's a simple. My friend, where did Elsa learn to pray? Well, she learned it from her parents. Teach your children to pray, moms and dads. You say, well, my kids are teenagers. I, my, uh, I didn't get to say that. Teach your children to pray. Don't make them pray with you. Make them pray with you. They may not want to when they get to those teenagers. <laughs> When they get old, they'll remember it. When they, get old, when they get some brains back in their head, they'll remember it. And they'll say, you know, my mom prayed, let me pray. My mom talked to God, let me go back to talking to God again. Because we all go through that phase in life where we lose our sanity for a little while. And, and uh, teach them to pray. Teach them to pray. One man wrote this little poem. He says, See to it, night and day, that you pray for your children. Then you will leave them a great legacy to answer to prayer, that which will follow them all the days of their life. Then you may calmly, with good conscience, depart from them, even though you may not leave them a great deal of material wealth. It's not a poem as much as a saying. My friend, if you teach your children to pray, they don't, you don't have to leave them a great inheritance. Teach them to talk to Almighty God. My mom taught me as a small boy, we'd get down, she said, Maddie, it's time to pray. And let's pray. Bow your head and close your eyes. We, my mom and I would kneel down alongside my bed. And she'd say, okay, pray. And she taught me this simple little prayer. I remember it. I don't pray it anymore, but I remember it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Dear God, bless Mommy, Daddy, Eddie, Susie, Chester, Stephen, Uncle Eddie, and make me a good boy. In Jesus' name, Amen. That was my nightly prayer. Now, as I get a little older, I still said that. I was 16 years old, kneeling alongside my bed, saying, Dear God, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Pray the Lord. God bless Mommy, Daddy, Eddie, Susie, Chester, Stephen, and, Uncle, and make me a good boy. Now, Jesus, I'm 16. I'm stupid. I'm not doing right. I'm an idiot. And, and, and I know I've I'm, I'm done bad things today. Please help me, God. And God answered my prayers. And I prayed and talked to Jesus there alongside my bed. By the way, how long has it been since you knelt alongside your bed and prayed? How long has it been since you met with God alongside your bed and spent some time talking to him? Moms and dads, how long has it been since you knelt alongside your bed and said, God, these are my children. You created them. You designed them. Please help them. Give them a heart that wants to love you. Give them a heart that wants to serve you. Give them a heart that wants to know you and live for you and list them by name and pray for them. Well, Jochebed did that. She seems like a good example. She had three, three stars in her crown. And she, God, did great things through her. Now, we may not have a Moses. We don't have a Miriam. We don't have a Aaron. But you may have some great young boy or girl who grows up to be godly. 
And that's all God asks. You may have some young boy or girl that comes up that sings for Jesus or teaches a Sunday school class or ushers in church or is just a good soul winner or just a good man or good woman. That's all a person can ask for. Serving Almighty God. Moms, all we go through in life, there's a lot that goes with raising children. Heartaches, struggles, and trials. And sometimes great depths of sorrow. But all in all, and by the way, can I say to those of you who still have your mom, you don't know how blessed you are. You really don't. There's several phases of life, and I'll close with this. Mommy, I love you very much. Ma, I love you. Ma, leave me alone. Ma, I hate you. Mom, I love you. And finally, I would give anything to talk to my mom one more time. So again, it's Mother's Day. Honor your mother. It's, there's a verse in the Bible with a promise. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth. It's a, <laughs> one of the few things that has a, a condition, a promise to it. So honor your parents. God will honor you when we honor them. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for Jesus Christ who loved us and died on Calvary's cross to pay for our sins. And I pray, Lord, again, you'll help these dear ladies here today, moms and, and uh, ladies, Lord, who are waiting for children one day to come and help them. And young men here, Lord, help them as they're looking for the right wife. Single couples, or couples with no children, I should say, praying for children. I think of so many, Lord, who are praying for you to help them and make that a reality and a possibility. And I ask, dear God, you'll bless our homes, bless our families, bless these dear moms here today. May this be a special day. May they feel honored, loved, and cherished. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name.